Hello, hello, and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm back and I'm not alone and I'm so excited about it. Hello, Elise. Hello, everybody. I am back and I like really missed this. Yeah, except our last episode was really intense. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's called Drowning in Motherhood. Ooh, she heavy. She was a heavy episode. Yes, she was. And I obviously was not there, but I think, and I, I teetered back and forth. Obviously, Callie, you know, should I be on it? Should I not be on it? Should I be on it? Should I not be on it? And so obviously I was not on it, but I think what I wanted to ride home in that is that if you are stressed out about doing something, or if you feel like it could potentially hurt you or trigger you instead of be beneficial, then it's totally fine to like sit out on the sidelines and then come back energized and ready to go, which is how I feel about this week. So let's go. Okay. So let's get into our circles. Should we tell what we're talking about today? Oh yes. We should always, we should definitely do that. Okay. So today we're talking about I mean, like, I feel like this is kind of like midlife crisis time. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a combination of life purpose, hard decisions and phases of life. Let's put it that way. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Let's, let's have you share your sparkle now. Okay. My sparkle is surprisingly about a book because we all know that I'm not the best reader. I don't love to read. How ironic that the second the blush book club takes its final curtain call, Elise is like, guess what? I love reading. That's so funny. Maybe it's just because when someone tells like the whole, I mean, I won't. Yes. I think you have a problem with authority if that's what you're trying to say. Okay. Totally nail on the head. Um, so I got this book it's called signs and it's weirdly the author was featured on Goop Lab. Did you watch that? What? Goop Lab. It's a, the show on Netflix. Gwyneth Paltrow like created Oh, it. you know, you lost me at Gwyneth Paltrow. That's never going to enter my life. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't know anything. The second that lady was like, give your coochie a facial. I was like, ma'am, you lost <laughs> me. She also did that thing where it's like, I'm going to live on food stamps to prove that you can eat clean and healthy no matter where you are in the world. And she lasted two days and like took a photo of the like food on the friggin' cashiers, rat, whatever. And was like, guys, this is hard. It's like you privileged dumb bitch. Oh my <laughs> God. I didn't know. So cruel. I did not know any of that. Okay. I, I listen to armchair expert. If you, if you listen to that and he interviews celebrities and it's so much fun to be like, okay, which celebrity is going to be grounded and which one is going to be exactly who I thought they were. I went into that podcast, really not liking Gwyneth Paltrow and came out of it, hating her. So that's, so that's where I stand with, with Gwenny. So I hate to be such a fly in a Chardonnay, but no, I'm not going to watch that. Okay. Totally fair and fine. This, the lady who is the author was a guest on Gwyneth Paltrow's show. She's a psychic and like a medium and she wrote, she gets a pass. Yeah. She gets a pass. She wrote this book called signs and it's all about like how the universe and like a higher power, whatever 
you believe in and you know speak to sends us messages on earth of like validation and reassurance and it's all about like how these signs are around us all the time but it's whether or not you're attuned to them and you're like not distracted by your phone or life or things like that and so it's really cool and I've been like trying it out and testing it out and it's just so much fun and so my two points to my sparkle is one it's a really great book and I feel like I've turned a corner recently and I think part of that has been really leaning into my spirituality which is really exciting and then two is I thought I had two maybe I only have one why does this always happen to me I have like dementia or something you get really into what you're saying and you believe it all and then you're like wait how could I think of anything past this it came back to me it always does um the second part was slowing down enough to um, just like really tap into the things that like help us slow down, like self-care, but just like not being wrapped up in life or your phone or anything, like just having a moment to like take a step back. Well, that makes sense because if you're go, 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 then you're not going to pay attention to the signs. Yeah. And so I think mindfulness probably plays a big part in that. Yes. That was my sparkle. Okay. Maybe I'll try it out. I'm very turned off by a lot of books out there that are like, like, did you read the universe has your back? No, but I have it by Gabby Bernstein. My God, that was just like a long sales pitch. I was like, lady, I'm not going to buy all your courses and your other books. So give me what you got while you have me. And Mm. it really turned me off. So some, but some of them, obviously, like this is a Glennon Doyle fan club. Honestly, that's what this podcast is. So, I mean, I love her and I obviously love Brene because they give you so much while they have you. I mean, they give you their all, um, which I love. So We'll see. Maybe, maybe I can try this one out. Cause that sounds kind of cool. Okay. I guess it's time for my sparkle. So this one's for all you introverts out there because holy shit, everything is opening back up, which like, don't at me. I understand that the Delta variant is alive and well, but your girl had COVID and is double vaxxed. So for me, I mean, yeah, I'll wear the masks. I'll do the things. I show my vax card everywhere I go. Okay. But like, we're back to doing things because staying in our homes for a year and a half was a little daunting. I actually was semi okay with it. And so now we're back to like the land of extroversion. I, for the first time in a year and a half on Saturday, I had to look at Andrew and I was like, I think I'm done. Like, I think I, I tap me out coach. Like, I, I can't do this again. We went to a white Lotus themed party. It was so funny. Two British men walk in dressed head to toe. And when I say toe, I mean, seven inch heels in full on Jennifer Coolidge gave a speech with the, with the box with like dirt in it and spread the fake ashes everywhere. There was a pineapple suite with a suitcase and fake poop in it. I don't care if there's spoilers in that. If you haven't watched it yet, God help you. I mean, it was just so freaking funny to the point where Molly Shannon got wind of it and posted photos of the party on her Instagram account. So incredible. 
from there, we went to a pickleball social hour. Yes, I understand. It was the most nerdy, wholesome Saturday night ever. It was just like a bunch of people and they came together and played pickleball. And then afterwards they were like, we're going to a restaurant to all hang out. And I looked at Andrew and I was like, please don't make me go. <laughs> please, I'm begging you, sir. If you make me do one more thing today, I mean, it was so fun. And I'm so grateful that, you know, modern medicine is allowing everyone to get together again and resume somewhat normal social activities. But at the same time, do we have to do it all at once? Can we just spread it out a little? So this is to all my introverts. You're going to have to get used to saying no again. Remember Mm -hmm. that boundary that you used to set, which sounded like I'm tired. Maybe next time, not today. You're going to have to start practicing those again, because I think we all forgot how to do that. Uh, It felt so weird being like, please don't make me but I did it and I was proud of myself and we went home and I didn't talk to anyone for like 24 hours. So so that's, that's my sparkle. Uh, I don't know if maybe I'm like now more of an introvert than an actor. Maybe I'm like a introverted extrovert or like an extroverted introvert, but I'm like, I kind of feel the same way. Like usually I would be jumping to be like, Oh my God, I want to hang out with my friends. I want to do all the things. I want to talk to everybody. And now I'm like, but do I? Yeah. Well, in these, I mean, all these people were like quote friends, but these were not like the best friends. Like these were the people that always go to this particular party. And it's like the regulars of the party. And we all see each other and we catch up on what's happened in our lives since the last party. So it's just like a lot of interfacing. Mm-hmm. And then with pickleball friends, like I don't know them that well. So it was just so much small talk ish that I was like, I have nothing to offer you. How's blush? It's fine. How are you? Fine. Everything's fine. You know, don't ask me one more goddamn question. So I was just so tired, but best friends, I feel like I can go with it. Um, okay. Should we get into the letter? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's Callie's Callie's going to read this week. We're changing it up because it's episode 30. Hey. Hey, episode 30 coming at you fast. Okay. Hi, bless you. I want to start out by mentioning that I am probably not the typical submission writer, but here I am. I'm 53 years old, married, have four beautiful children who are now married and trying to start families of their own. And I'm bored. Maybe I'm having a midlife crisis, but I don't have the urge to go buy a Corvette or do something crazy. I just feel sad and lonely. I'm not sure I have any purpose in life anymore. I don't have my kids to take care of. I don't have a lot of friends and the friendships that I do have were absolutely impacted by social distancing. My health is so important to me. So I've probably been on the extreme side of taking precautions with COVID. I'm pretty isolated and anxious. My days look exactly the same. Get up, work out, eat, then sit around and watch the news, a movie, or scroll social media. My husband and I have been married for 31 years, and I honestly feel awful saying this, but we are definitely not in love anymore. I don't even think we have anything in common, except for the fact we created a life together. Anytime we do try to sit down and have dinner together and connect, we actually have nothing to talk about, and it feels really forced and just weird. He sleeps in the guest room because he snores and stays up much later than I do. 
He has lots of hobbies. He plays tennis every day, is in a biking league, travels to our lake house every weekend to fish and goes out on the boat. And I'm just left here in the dust. I've dedicated my whole life to making sure my husband and my kids are taken care of and have everything they need. And now that everyone is on their own doing great, I'm forgotten or so it feels like. I don't want pity invitations or to come across as desperate or having a hard time. So I just stay quiet and do my own thing, which is not a lot. I would love some guidance on where I should be focusing my time. Do I even ask the question? Should I be considering a divorce? It all seems like so much. Thank you for listening 50 and not thriving. Okay. Let's get to the really scary question that she doesn't want to ask, which is, should I be considering a divorce? I'm going to go ahead and take that off the table for you and say no. And here's why. Normally my go-to is burn it down, throw the whole man out. No, right. We're going to start over. We're going to date someone else. It's not too late. I don't care how old you are. You deserve the best. But the thing is, is you said the only thing we have in common with each other, I think, is the life we created together. Girl, that's a lot that you have in common. That's a lot. To me, this screams, I'm depressed. And so everything in my life sucks, including my marriage. But I'm curious if you can get yourself out of this depression and funk, which by the way, you don't have to do that alone. Okay. And we can talk about how to do that. Perhaps your marriage might look different. Perhaps you will have things to talk about. Perhaps you will find that connection again. Um, every marriage has phases. So I just, I'm, I'm wanting to say this one is a phase and it's not time to say it's done. Now, if we get out of this phase and you feel a lot better and you're still looking at the man across the table from you and you're like, yeah, no, thanks. Okay. Well then we can talk about it and maybe we proceed. But for right now, I just feel like we're getting way ahead of ourselves. What do you think, Elise? Yeah, I'm with you. I think when you're in like a lull in life, however long that season lasts, but I think when you're really struggling with anxiety or depression, which it sounds like this letter writer is experiencing both, I think it's really easy when you're in that place to kind of like project that negative lens on everything in your life. And not to say that there isn't a lack of connection or lack of intimacy in her marriage. Cause it sounds like there is, but, um, I think it's just re- when you're in that place, like everything sucks and that sucks, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that she is definitely generalizing here, meaning Mm -hmm. since this and this suck, that means everything sucks, including my friendships, including my life, including my marriage, including so that's not to say it doesn't feel like that. I respect that. So I've got a few ideas. Number one, you talk about how your husband has all these hobbies and you feel left behind, which makes me think you wish some of his hobbies included you. So let's do that. What are things you can do together? I mean, I know that Andrew and I obviously play the pickleball, even though he has tennis elbows. So I'm going to go play by myself. Woo! <laughs> Look at what me. Is, what is tennis elbow? I mean, like he, like his elbow hurts because he's <laughs> whacked the ball. Too <laughs> so he has to take a break. Um, I mean, we also do like DIY stuff together. I mean, I know most people wouldn't consider this a hobby, but we like are obsessed with TV shows and have a lot of fun talking about 
the budget and how much that person made and where they shot this and the writer. It's like, it's not just like sitting, you know, in front of the TV and, and just not processing anything. It's like actually a hobby for us. Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, there are things that you two can do together. Just because you don't know what they are yet doesn't mean they don't exist, but you have to voice that you f- would like hobbies to do together. Instead of saying, mm, you on the boat, you go to the lake house and I, I don't do my own thing. I mean, the natural response is going to be like, okay, well, like go do what you want to do, but that's not what you're looking for. First and foremost, I think first you're looking for, how do we find some collaboration? Mm. It's easy to do that. Sign up for a class, join a club. There's so many structured activities out there that you can sign up for and someone else can literally become responsible for your extracurriculars start there. If you're scratching your head at what you two have in common, um, and don't feel shame that you're going to have to, you know, move ahead by yourself, meaning you're going to be the one instigating this. He's, he seems like he's somewhat fulfilled doing those things. That doesn't mean he can't be more fulfilled doing things with you. So I would encourage you to just keep going and be the catalyst, uh, in terms of finding hobbies you two can do together. I love that. I wrote, I've had a couple thoughts too. Um, I put like, after reading this, like, it sounds like it's a you thing. Like it's a, the letter writer personally, it's her relationship. And then I put like blind spots because it sounds like to me, she's dedicated her whole life to being attuned to all of the people in her life. And obviously just by reading this, you can tell that she really values connection. And if one of her values seems like it's in danger or threatened right now, then of course, she's going to be questioning everything that there is to question about herself, her life, her purpose, her fulfillment, all the things. So I think in terms of where she's at, I think that looking inward and really getting excited about getting to know herself at this season of life is going to be fun for her. Like, let's figure out who you are, who you have been, who you want to be. Like, what are your values? Obviously we know connection is one of them. What are you super passionate about? Let's do a personality assessment. Let's, you know, figure out. Cause that's the thing. It's hard to seek out things in life when you're not even sure what you're supposed to be seeking out because you're not even sure who you are. Like, it sounds to me like she's dedicated her entire life to being a wife and a mom and a provider and a giver that it's like, okay, everybody left the party and she's like, okay, now what, you know? Yeah. And that happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. There's always thing. Everything comes to an end at some point and phases of life just got, I mean, the dumbest example right off the top of my head is being a bride. You're a bride for however long it is in between your engagement and your wedding. And when it's over, you're no longer a bride. And some women actually have an identity crisis when that happens. I I get that that's like a silly example compared to what we're talking to, because we're talking about being a mother really and a caregiver. And you're finding that that role is diminishing, even though you're going to get a resurgence because it sounds like grandmother is right around the corner. So more than likely we're just in in between phase right now, but But our, you know, thinking on blush is typically if you can figure out how to cope during the shit times, you're going to soar during the easy times. So even though your next role might be just around the corner and grandma fills you to the moon and back, 
I still think that you should have some hobbies with your husband. I still think there are some things that we need to work on. Mm-hmm. So have Elise, have you seen the TV show parenthood? No, I'm on a Dax Shepard role today because that's like one of his TV shows. I'm talking I love him. I love him so much. So it's Jason Kadams, I'm pretty sure, is the showrunner. He also did Friday Night Lights. And so Parenthood is this adorable, wholesome show about a huge family. Lauren Graham's in it from Gilmore Girls. Um, Mae Whitfield's in it. No, Whitman? Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman, which is not the president of Quibi. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So basically a huge season arc for, for the matriarch of the family is the same thing. Her kids are all, all around her, but she's like, she's actually having an anger response, which is fuck all of you. I've done everything y'all have wanted for freaking decades. And I want to go to Italy. And so she starts taking art classes and she goes and travels and she doesn't bring her family. She doesn't invite her husband. She actually has like a little bit of an affair, even though they were taking a break. I mean, she seriously does a trial separation from her husband at age, like, I don't know, 55, 60. And you're watching it and you're like, I wonder how many women feel this way at her age. Like, it seems so natural to me to feel that way and to be like, you know what? It's my time. And so I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, so I can't remember what her name is in the series, but Bonnie's response was fight. Right. And it seems like yours is freeze slash flight. Mm -hmm. So your response to seeing everyone move on isn't like, Hey, what about me? Your response is, Oh, I don't want people to like, look at me or worry about me. And I'm just going to be quiet and do my own thing. It's like, I understand we all react to things differently, but I would love to see some fight in you. Like, what about a pet? Have we seen Millie the Golden Retriever? On oh my gosh, Millie. Account? She's so cute. I mean, why not? Why aren't we continuing the caregiver role if that's what makes you happy? Why aren't we traveling to places you didn't get to go to because you were raising four kids? What about getting a job? I know it sounds crazy, but a career that isn't necessarily for money some of the time. It's for fulfillment. It's for fun. What about volunteering? I mean, it does seem like so much of your identity is giving, giving back and caring about others. So, I mean, oh my gosh, you could volunteer at the local school. You could get, I mean, a job doing charity work. Like there's so many things like I meant at a nonprofit, I guess, charity work, you don't really get hired to do that, but like, you know what I mean? You can find long-term volunteer opportunities or jobs that keep you busy and keep you fulfilled. Um, and then you get like some cash money and then you can go to Paris like Mm -hmm. kind of win win here. So I'm curious as to why we're not looking at those solutions as well. Which I love all of that. I think that's like, all of that sounds really, really fun to me. And so I think that anybody who's in a good headspace would be super excited thinking about all of those things, which makes me think like maybe we need a therapist or a life coach to just get out of this slump to, you know, cause when you're, when you're fighting, depression and anxiety. Like it's like the fog that never leaves. And it's just really hard to literally do anything. And so if she's there, you know, maybe all of those things might seem like too much effort or too much work, or she doesn't even feel like she has the energy to even try to find things that she's interested in. If that's what we're talking about here, then we need to get 
you some professional help. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think professional help is probably a good idea regardless, even if we're not talking about a chemical imbalance, this can feel, we're giving you all these ideas, but it can be daunting to start them on your own because again, you're the one who's unhappy. Mm -hmm. It seems like your husband probably caught wind of this a long time ago. It sounds like he's retired. And so I'm, well, I guess I'm not sure, but most people who retire have some sort of an identity crisis when it happens and they Mm -hmm. have to scramble to fill the time and figure out what they want to do. And it seems like perhaps he did that when you were still fulfilled. So maybe you guys didn't hit that moment together, which is completely fine. Which maybe that's an opportunity for them to connect and just open up if he's already been through this and he's already had a midlife crisis and she comes to him and is like, uh, your girl needs help and you've been here. So, you know, help support me through this. I feel like people love an opportunity to help someone that they love get through a hard season. Oh, absolutely. I, I really do agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, I, I guess this is reading like a midlife crisis for a woman. Cause you're right. Like a man might go and buy, I hate to gender stereotype, but like men are like, yeah, I'm going to buy the fancy car and I'm going to dye my hair and try and look young. And like, whereas women are like, Oh my God, what is my purpose? And, oh, if I ask for help, I can't get over this pity invite thing. It's like, what? Where is that coming from? That to me is a signal of low Mm self-esteem. So I would love for her to explore that. But I don't think you voicing that you're bored to your husband is going to do any damage. I would imagine, yes, you might get an invite to go play tennis. You might get an invite to go to the lake house. If those things aren't appealing to you, they're not pity invites. That is your husband saying, I would love to spend time with you. And here's a solution. But if you don't like those solutions, it is on you to offer a different one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where vulnerability comes into play. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're someone who doesn't want to be vulnerable about your needs because you've been so good at spotting other people's needs and kind of rescuing them. That's what caretakers do a lot, right? We search for, th- I say we, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be considered the best caretaker, <laughs> but you know, what I mean. I've been around a lot of caretakers and they make life really easy because I don't have to state my needs. My needs are already being perceived. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if you're expecting other people to do the same for you. Ooh, this reminds me of that book. What's it called? Ooh, she reads. She's a reader. I actually didn't read this book. I only read the chapter that was for my Enneagram type. So I don't get the credit. Oh, is this the road back to you? Yes, the road back to you. And in in chapter two, because that is Enneagram two, which is what I am. So I of course read it and didn't read any of the others. Really? I read the whole book. Yours was crazy. Yours was the one that was like buying cars for everyone, right? I don't even remember. Yeah, that was one of the examples. I could have skimmed. Who knows? (laughs) But I remember what I do remember from reading it is that like it's almost this contingency, like it's conditional giving. So like twos love to help. They love to be a resource to people. They love to be the person who can provide every and anything that you could quite possibly need. But then when it comes back to like, okay, well I have needs too, and you're not fulfilling them, then that's I spiral or like to spiral. And so I think that that's kind of 
what's happening here is like she is innately a giver and just, you know, gives it, but maybe she doesn't realize that there's conditions. Like, is she expecting other people to do the same for her? Is that why she's doing that for other people? Maybe she might be burned out and be, and she might be saying it's my turn and trying to entertain herself is getting to be boring and stagnant. Maybe she's not good at it. I'm not the best at entertaining myself either, which is why I married Tigger because he always has something to do. And like his thing is, oh, if you don't have anything to do, you can, I'm like, oh, leave me alone. I'm sitting on the couch and that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm not the best at this either. I'm really not, which is again, why I married someone who will always entertain me. And so you, I'm getting vibes that you also married a Tigger, at least maybe a piglet. It doesn't seem like you married an Eeyore. So maybe again, your activities don't align with what you want to do, but it's on you to voice what you want. I mean, there's nothing brave about suffering in silence. In fact, to me, it's a little immature and girl, we 50. We don't have time for this. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that she's probably burned out. I think that she's probably fried. I think that she might be waiting for a metaphorical, you know, knight on a white horse, if you will, to come and save her from this, I don't know, redundancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, this is going to start with you. And it might be as easy as just expressing it. And then maybe your husband or, or your friends, by the way, there's no way you are the only one in your friend group who has been feeling this. And okay, let's get back to the issue at hand too, because we are ignoring a big piece here, which is my health is so important to me. So I've probably been on the extreme side of taking precautions with COVID. Well, I understand that. And so this makes it a little tough. However, hopefully you are vaccinated and you can still bring your mask. And remember vaccinations, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little political, even though this isn't political, which is even crazier, but it's like, if you are vaccinated, the chances of you dying from COVID are so slim that then we're talking about a bad flu. Okay. That that's realistically what we're talking about. If everyone is vaccinated. Um, and so if you are, then I would say, don't be reckless here, but I think you can loosen it up a little bit with Mm -hmm. small groups, being outside, you know, doing things that aren't, don't go to a freaking concert indoors and like, you know, we're a bunch of sweaty jumping people like, okay, probably not, but you can also go play. I mean, I love how he plays tennis because that is such a good segue into pickleball. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) We love pickleball. I mean, you know, it could be a good thing, but I I guess what I'm saying is I want to acknowledge the fact that some of this happened because of something she couldn't control. And then I think she fell into a rut. And remember, this is what a rut looks like. Remember how we were talking about the guy who hadn't worked in two years and had gotten fired. And we were like, is this rut or is is it not? And we're like, no, this isn't a rut. To me, this is a rut. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. I mean- I'm with you a hundred percent. And I think, I think you're right. I think you can totally value your health and be really careful and still figure out a means to still connect, whether it, I mean, if it's outside going on a walk outside, going to a restaurant outdoors, connecting, even just via FaceTime, like the majority, the majority of my friends don't live in Texas, you know? So like, but I feel super connected because of 
my phone and FaceTime and texting and things like that. So I definitely think that trying to get connected with yourself, connected with your husband, connected with your friends, connected with your kids, connected with hobbies, like that's connection is the vibe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I want to just say that, yeah, your day does sound a little boring. Get up, work out, eat, sit around and watch the news. Why are you watching the news? If you want to be freaked out about everything and have anxiety, watch the news. If you're Mm -hmm. saying that I already feel depressed and anxious, girl, turn it off. I don't care what outlet you're watching. Good God. I mean, turn on RuPaul's Drag Race for the love of God. Like do something because that is an easy way to feel like nothing matters or scroll social media. Yikes. Okay. So here's two things you can do right now that are going to make this easier. Delete your social media apps and turn the news off. Okay. And then we can probably be in a 50% better mental headspace by tomorrow. Honestly, you're so right about that. I feel like if you're already in like a bad headspace, the news and Instagram or social media is just going to continue that tailspin 100%. So I think putting some boundaries there. I also thought, remember when I was talking about a fuck it bucket list, just like yeah. random things that you, that might be of interest to you that maybe you've convinced yourself out of doing it because it like takes effort or you have to get in the car or whatever. Like I think now would be the time of like, what sounds fun to do? Like, and the, their sky is the limit, you know? And then just like, maybe try to commit to doing one of those things a week and just try to change it up. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but this quote keeps coming up for me. And it is, if you, if you keep doing what you did, you'll keep getting what you got, you know? And so I think now is the time for this letter writer to just change it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to say it, stop playing the victim because mm. you're a strong ass woman. Like you raised four children. You've kept a marriage going for 31 years. I mean, those two things are already like, wow. I mean, we don't really need a ton of other details other than those two. Like I'm sold. Okay, great. You've got your shit together for the most part. Uh, so when beginning like I'm left in the dust I'm kind of like so so what does she gain from being the victim because it sounds like nothing Mm, I mean I think martyrdom Mm. you know it's always good to feel like a martyr like I'm always right and one day they'll know one day they'll apologize and they'll know I just love your like narration voices because it's totally in line with what you're talking about. When I listened to this is irrelevant, but important, um, not important, but last, last podcast when I was listening to it and I texted you saying that like, you're like a female version of Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah. That's not how this letter read today. Sorry. I screamed. I'm bored, but that's just how I read it in my mind. So I feel bad because I'm going to continue to read the letters and I'm going to give my own spin to it. And they might not be how the letter writer intended them to be read, but right at your own expense. I don't know. Like just, just, just know that that is uh, a consequence of writing into blush you from here on out. But yeah, I think she's getting martyrdom vibes I think like strong victim vibes strong I get to throw this in your face vibes Mm -hmm. strong I get to feel sorry for myself 
but here's the thing. You don't change your life until you're sick of yourself. Mm-hmm. I, that is my marker with every client. Adele, I let them bitch vent, go around in circles, loop-de-loo. Let's get on the little merry-go-round as long as you want. I'll ride for free. Sure. I'll hang out with you. And then once they're like, I'm getting nauseous from being on this ride. I'm like, oh, thank God you're sick of it. I'm sick of it too. But I've been waiting for you to get sick of it. The second they get sick of themselves, we see change. Yep. And they're ready to move on. And I know with a lot of therapists and life coach, sometimes they're like, I just don't get it. Why are they? And I was like, because they're not sick of themselves yet. They're still interesting to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These feelings are still interesting to them. So let them be. And it seems like your loneliness and victimhood and boredom are not interesting to you anymore. You're fed up with them. So what have you got to lose here? I really do think that you first step being vulnerable with your husband, second step being, well, I was going to say being vulnerable with yourself. I don't really care what order these go in, which is not like me. Normally I'm like, be vulnerable with yourself first and then your husband. But here's the thing. You've been with your husband for 31 years. You picked him for a reason. He seems like a go-getter. So I'm just, I'm kind of convincing myself that he could be such an easy solution Mm -hmm. to getting you out of your rut, but then you're also going to need to develop individual things for yourself. So I recommend starting a project. I know that like, obviously Andrew's big spree of DIY projects had everything to do with control. Let's just like put it out there now. He could not control the pandemic. He could not control employment. He couldn't, I mean, God, infertility, he couldn't control anything. And so the fact that he was like, let me use my hands to create something that I can control. And then there is a start and a finish, like not lost on me. And frankly, it's an amazing coping strategy. Mm -hmm. Anytime we feel, I mean, that's why I'm like, have you met gardening? Gardening is an amazing coping mechanism. It's like, look at the thing grow. And I made it grow. I mean, it's so fulfilling. And so in addition to this whole, maybe you should reach out and start being a caretaker for other things like a golden retriever named Millie or volunteering or a career or whatever. I think you should also start doing projects where you can see tangible results. Mm. There's nothing like it for the self-esteem than seeing something that you made being put out there, even if it sucks, like even if it's a shitty sweater that you knit and fits no one, it's still like, wow, I like my hands went like this with the yarn and then it came out like that on the other side. That's kind of cool. That reminds me of that. Um, I'm like getting into Instagram reels for blush. Oh my God, me too. They're so fun. Have you seen that one? That's like, I have nothing to say except for I made this. And it's like, you no, show. I keep getting the dumb ones. It's like, boom, 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 boom. and it's like things, questions I get asked from being a tall person. And I'm like, no one asks you about being a tall person. So why are you making this real? I'm so over it. I'm sick of it. Instagram, how do you not realize that I'm sick of it? I just like really, really, really want one of these days for us to just have a podcast where like we just get to roast things in life that are just stupid because I don't know where you come up with all of these things, but it's just so like it's prime time. Amazing. so dumb. I'm like, no one asks you any of these questions. So why do I, a complete stranger want to know the answers? You're wrong. 
I'm not interested. So yeah, delete your social media apps, 50 and not thriving, because this is what you get anger towards strangers. You don't even know. Ugh. So funny. Yes. Okay. How are we doing? Do we have any thoughts don't. about her that we <laughs> haven't mentioned yet? I'm like, don't you dare say that word. Um, Honestly, I don't. I think I just like want to end. I, I guess I do have thoughts. I just like my heart goes out to this woman. And I feel like if I had to guess, she probably has dedicated her life to, you know, doing things and caring for the people that she loves. And she has made an impact on her family and on her life. And so I just want to give her a hug and just say like, her life is not over yet. Like 50, how old is she? 53. 53. I mean, yeah, that's probably, that's the oldest you've ever been thus far, but you still have a lot of life to live. And so I don't want her to just say like, oh, well, because I'm old, like I can just, this can, I'll maintain this. Cause I'm not, you know, this is like going back to that. Are you surviving or are you thriving? I think she's probably just surviving, but she deserves to thrive. And I definitely think that if she implements some of the stuff that we talked about today, she could totally get back to a place where her life feels fulfilling and she'll probably be even more fulfilled than she ever has been because she's choosing to do things for herself. There's such a, and, and to do that requires some element of, of self-love and self-compassion, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. My final ish thoughts because we all know how this is a slippery slope for me is don't blame your situation on your marriage Mm. okay because I'm not getting any inklings that she's upset and unfulfilled because she married the wrong person Mm -hmm. in fact I'm getting the sense that you're being an Eeyore right now and we need you to be more Winnie Okay, if we're going with this whole universe that I somehow created of Winnie the Pooh and the gang. But your husband decided to do what you want to do, which is funny to me that you're saying we're not in love anymore and I just, I don't love him anymore. I'm looking at it going, are you sure? Because everything he's doing is, it seems to me that that's what you aspire to be. So I'm wondering if instead it's of love, it's that you're resentful or that you're envious, which is fine. That's okay. I think every marriage falls into that trap eventually. And it's not, it doesn't mean that it's not fixable, but I'm not getting, you know, my husband is a deadbeat who, you know, emotionally abuses me and drinks a pack of beer every single day and yells at animals. I'm not saying that that's like the bar that we have to deal with in order to get a divorce, but I'm just saying, I don't think your marriage has anything to do with this. And I think that if you take a few easy steps, which is delete, delete, delete the noise, start a project, figure out where you can create impact through being a caregiver-esque person and develop some hobbies. I get that it sounds easy. I know that it might take a little bit more time and communicate all of this to your husband. I would be shocked if your problems didn't seem to just melt away. 
Yeah. And I'd be shocked if you weren't looking at your marriage in six months and being like, who am I kidding? I was going to throw this away. This is my like life source. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. I don't know your husband. I know that I'm taking a little bit of a leap here with this because I don't know, maybe your marriage does suck. It's just, you didn't include details of your marriage sucking hard enough for me to buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. You are. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I just, I think that if you can take your marriage out of this equation and instead just take ownership over the fact that you got yourself here with the help of a really shitty year. I also think it's easier as someone who's married to project shit that you don't want to face head on onto your partner. Or onto your marriage. Or yeah, onto your marriage. You know, onto onto anything that's not you. I think when you're going through some shit and you're not happy and life seems like you're swimming upstream, it's sometimes easier to be like, okay, I'm going to project this onto something that's safe and stable in my life. Yeah. Anytime I start to play the sliding doors game, I know I'm not doing that well. (laughs) Do you play that game? And you're like, well, if I had made... Oh, come on. Really? I'm like, well, if I had done this or if I had made this decision or if I had chosen this, then my life would look different. And that's a Gwyneth Paltrow movie. We are, we have arrived full circle. I didn't know that was called the sliding door thing. It's not, I just made it up, but that's, that's movie. That's the sliding doors, the movie. Um, Oh my God. You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let me just help, help me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sliding doors is a 90s film I don't know early 2000s maybe and I mean it's it's not good but (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow plays this woman who's kind of in a not ideal situation I think she's married I can't remember but her life is not what she wants it to be she misses or does she miss the subway doors so she like in one, so basically it's split screen whenever the subway happens. And in one screen, she gets on the subway. And in another screen, she doesn't get on the subway. And mm-hmm. that situation breaks off into two completely different scenarios of her life. Mm-hmm. And so then in the end, you get to see, did she make the subway or did she not? Like, which one is her life? And so it's this, it's this concept of the grass is greener, right? Mm-hmm. So in my, in, in my scenario, it's like, you know, sometimes it's fun. It's like, I wonder how different my life would have been if I didn't go to the university of Texas and I went somewhere else, or what if, what would my life have been like if I chose not to study counseling and I had actually gone to law school, <laughs> right? Like there's so many things that you can play out with this. Sometimes it's fun thinking, like it's not always damaging, but a lot of times it's coulda, woulda, shoulda. And you really idolize the choice that you didn't make or could have made versus the choice that you did make. And it's a way to almost punish yourself for the reality that you're living in and make it seem worse than it actually is. Mm, Yeah. I do that all the time. So that very dumb concept is called the sliding doors concept. I mean, I don't think I made it up. I think most people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about, but yeah, maybe that, I mean, it's definitely not a scientific term. Freud wasn't like, I know, Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) We will call it this. Anyway, don't do that. 
don't do the sliding doors game where if you married someone different or if you were single, your problems would disappear. Fix your problems first and then come back and reevaluate your marriage if you even want to. Again, I'm kind of thinking you might not want to. I'm thinking you might get on the same page again and be like, damn, this is the best. Yeah, I'm with you. Just hold off on that. Um, All right, guys, rate our mother friggin' podcast. Rate it. Do it. Do it now. Five stars. Do it now. Just do it. And then I'll stop harassing you. Uh, If you have a story that you would like to write into us where we yell at you (laughs) and (laughs) give you harsh advice, then write into blush you at joinblush.com. And if you would like to join blush and honestly, 50 and not thriving, I think you'd be a great candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, remember, you know, we work with clients of all ages. It is not just women in their twenties and thirties, not even close. Actually, you do have to be 18. Uh, you do have to be 18, but that's really the only requirement. Boys, girls, anyone come on, come on down. Yeah. We don't, we really don't have very many requirements other than we need to be within the scope that you're looking to work on and you need to be over 18. So come on down, use promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. We would be so happy to see your bright and shiny face and we will be seeing you guys soon. We have a very exciting podcast and podcast guest next week. So I'm so pumped about it. Yes. All right. Stay tuned. Bye.